they trying to sing for us. I be giving y'all karaoke. <laughs> I be giving you. I'm giving you Fantasia in oh, 03. Really? And who? Fant- Fantasia in 03. Uh, I thought you were going to say maybe Jasmine Sullivan or so. You know that? You know that's my voice, twin. Anyway, guys, you know what it is. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to another episode. This is Damio. And I am Erica Mona. And this is Cross, Cross Culture. Culture. A uh, new episode. I think it's our 63rd or 4th, 64th episode. I'm forgetting the numbers Damn. now, G. But when we hit 100, we should definitely do like a little big celebration. We're going. Da, 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 da. I know, right? Our 100th episode. But yes, we're just here to give you another tea, another entertainment, you know, another juice, what's going on in the media, what's going on in the world. And Dami, what do we like to start with? We like to start with the hot. Hot topics. Awesome. All right, you guys. You know, this week I I, I purposely wanted to play a little bit of Chloe Halley because I wanted to acknowledge Chloe for breaking the internet. Listen. Because Chloe been breaking the internet. Chloe said, once you take away the Halley, I'm Chloe. She wants to show that show that she's big sis, okay? Gee, somebody said, Chloe said, Watch out now, I'm grown. <laughs> I was cracking up. Because, you know, they had a joint Instagram, joint Twitter, everything. But now she made her separate one. It's just all those sex appeal. Listen, I've been even peeping. Like, her performances. Been, been. She was just dropping it down a little bit too high, a little bit too low, a little too bouncy. I'm like, Chloe "Mm, been waiting for this mm, moment. mm. Like, Chloe been wanting to. And you can always tell that Hallie's always been the more reserved one, too. Because even now they're separate, she's still very. You know, dainty and, Yeah. It's okay, Sha, but she was busting it, and she broke the internet. She, she already has one million followers on Instagram, and she literally just started her page what, a week be or two thirsty, weeks. G. I seen, I seen all the guys on my timeline. I didn't know who Chloe and Holly was, but I know that now. <laughs> I'm like, y'all, they also have two amazing albums. You guys should check they them out. They do, they do, they do. But I bring all that to say, you know, we had a new challenge enter the enter the TikTok Instagram world, the Buss It. Challenge. Bust it. With Miss Erica Banks. Yes, 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 yes. I mean, the challenge has been taking over. Like, that's the new thing all over social media. It's quite interesting. It's fun to watch. I mean, it's fun to watch. Some, you know, some is cute. Some people do too much, whatever. But, um, you know, the song came out a while ago because I thought it was a new song. Yeah, Mm -hmm. but actually, March last year? Yeah, like the beginning of quarantine. Wow. I used to work out to it. It was in my female rapper's playlist. Are you serious? Yeah. You see TikTok, you know, these celebrities need to be thanking TikTok because that's actually what's really helping them. And, you know, the song TikTok, the challenge, has not really made the song really blow up. And she's part of what, 1501? Yes, 1501 Entertainment, which is Carl. What's Carl's last name? Crawford, I think. Yeah, Carl Crawford. That's his name. Um, Eva Lozada, Baby Daddy, as well as um, that's Meg The Stallion's label. Yeah, original. Not anymore. I think, I think she's technically still. No, nah, I don't think so. Uh-uh. I think she is still under them. Rock Nation manages her, but I think she's still under fifteen oh one. I don't think her contract is over. She had that little lawsuit, but I don't think she's out of her contract. That's interesting. Mm-hmm. That is interesting. That's yeah, interesting. so technically, her and Erica Banks are label mates. And if y'all remember, there was a lot of controversy over. Um, you know, it's Erica Banks trying to be like Meg, and is right. she copying her style? Cause I don't really see that she is. I don't see that. I either. don't see the similarities in the flow. Not really. It's because she say ah. Oh, that's, she says that. But I feel like that's a regional thing. 
That could be a Texas thing. Yeah, I think yeah. That, like that's a like you know that's just how Texas girls rap. Do you think that you know the label that they're being shady towards Mac the Stallion? Because sometimes some of their posts, I think the only part where I say maybe they're being shady is their little friendship or whatever they have with. What's the ex best friend's name? Oh, uh, Kylie, Kaylee, yeah, Casey. What's her name? Kelsey. 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 Damn, we forgot her name. <laughs> Kelsey. Yes, because you know we they post stuff together and they're like, oh yeah, loyalty, loyalty. You know, make yeah. things like that. I for sure think that. Um, I think that Carl is being the petty one. I, yeah. I would. I would like to hope that Erica isn't trying to like be in it. I think it's mostly Carl. Like Carl is trying to prove that. Fuck you, Megan. I, I can make another Megan. Exactly. You know what I'm saying? Like, I think that's what he's trying to prove in this point, which is just like, what you you arguing with women? Erica did an interview, and she said that if she is asked to um, make a song with Megan Stallion, she would um, because she said business is business. You she know what I'm saying? So she said she has no beef with her. And um, unfortunately, she is, you know, in between. It seems like she's caught in between the crossfires of the whole drama. Mm-hmm. But she ha- has not heard her personally say anything mm-hmm. against Meg Thee Stallion. And neither has Meg Thee Stallion said anything um, concerning her like either. So that's that. So let's um, transition from that topic to something a little bit more serious. Um, So we have another incident of domestic violence. Seahawks, what what, what does he play, linebacker? Um, His name is, what is it, Chad? It's Chad Wheeler. Chad Wheeler was arrested as a a felony under suspicions of domestic violence. I don't know why to say suspicion. He beat that girl ass. He he really did. So, you know, he's a well-known football. Well, I don't know if he's well-known because I don't watch football like that or whatever. (laughs) Um, But this literally happened a few days ago where, and apparently he has a history of domestic violence, but he did beat up his girlfriend so bad, like choked her. And that even when she woke up, he was, reports said that he was like, damn, you're alive. And when he did call 911, he was, he said that, oh, she's dead. You know, and even when they came, they saw him eating. So it's just like, wait, what? Now reports are saying that he does um, have a history of bipolar. He is bipolar. Mm -hmm. And that he was off his medication at the time. Um, And he has even put out a statement or tweet, which are statements, I guess, these days, um, saying that, you know, he does apologize for the, the shame, the disgrace, um, and the turmoil he's put his his family, his teammates, his fans, um, and his team in. By the and, girlfriend. Oh, yeah, you know, he mentioned her, like, yeah, shout out to Shorty. But um, he definitely said that, like, he um, suffered a manic episode. He said, they said that it just happened out of nowhere. It wasn't an argument. It wasn't like they were into it. They were like, sitting down, and then he just busts off her. Well, what I saw on social media, they said that she refused to bow down to him. So they had a little altercation, maybe argument, whatever, and she refused to bow down. You know, people putting different things on social media, so whichever it is. But, I mean, it does seem like he has some serious mental problems. For For him to be eating while the police came and was shocked that she was alive, you're definitely not okay. Like, even if you're not diagnosed with bipolar you got something going on. Yeah. And, you know, so much argument because, you know, he's a white man and she's a black woman. Mm-hmm. And people are saying if it was the other way around, because um, he had to pay $400,000 um, fine. And he got out, yeah. Yeah. Um, but people are saying if it was the other way around, a black man, white woman, like, it would be a little bit more punishment. Oh, yeah. You know, um, it would be a little bit more crazy. The news would pick it up a little differently. Um, you know, it wouldn't be this sob story of that he's bipolar and he's sorry and blah, blah, blah. Um, and just even... The conversation of how let's you know how this athletes how they are with their partners, 
it's, it's it's becoming too much. I mean, football players. Let's let's be really specific because it is mostly football players and boxers um, and boxers, right? Which I don't find to be um, coincidental. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like it 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 makes sense that the two sports that impact your neurological system that you getting banged in the head constantly are the ones that are causing people to lose their sense. Yeah, you yeah. know, I just as entertaining as these sports may be. They have greater consequences, and unfortunately, these people's partners, these people's intimate families are the ones that deal with it. Like, every day I think about how, like, we really just be letting Mike Tyson live in the world knowing he beat the shit out of Robin Gibbons. He sure did. He beat the shit out of Robin Gibbons. Like, I, I cannot imagine being beat by Mike Tyson. That is so scary. And it's like, what? You know, this, like, NFL and, you know, what are they doing to help this people? You know what I mean? What are they doing to help this athletes? Are they having, you know, mental health checkups with them? Are they having domestic violence classes, anger class, anger management classes? I don't know. It's just what it just seemed like they just, like, give them a fine and then, okay, maybe a few months or a year or two will go by and they're back in the game again. Like, nothing happened. And they're just back living their lives and having sponsorships and whatever. And what the girls, what are they left with? They're just broken left with ribs. trauma. Yeah, and it's just kind of like the thing w- with America that we have seen in multiple ways, especially right now during this pandemic as well, we see that they're going to get their money from sports. You know what I'm saying? And so America. far as football is the most popular sport in the United States, these football players are always going to live like they are the quarterbacks in their high schools, right? They mm-hmm. are always going to be able to do whatever the hell they want, whenever they want, um, because the the dollar is the bottom line. Yeah. Like, it's been proven, it's been told that this sport is um, destroying their minds and their quality of life moving yeah. forward. And we don't give a damn. We just sit here and allow Tom Brady to be 42 going to the Super Bowl again. Oh, Jesus. Congrats to him, though. Yeah. Okay. Next on the news. Um, so um, there is, um, um, what's it called? Salt and Pepper, a Lifetime biopic. Um, it actually just came out on Lifetime January 23rd. Mm-hmm. I haven't watched it yet. But there's some little drama behind it because, you know, they have a DJ and it's Dinja Spinderella. Mm-hmm. And she speaks about being excluded from the biopic. Um, she made so many tweets and she was saying, you know, how it's crazy how we talk about empowering women and um, the same group, the same group has disempowered me as black women. We need to stick together. Um, you know, she's upset that Lifetime has wrongfully excluded her from every aspect of the development and the production while using her image throughout, um, you know, showing that she did play an integral role in the group's story and success. Um, so the, the issue is that do you think that should she should she have been part of, you know, of the biopic? You know, because when I honestly, when I first heard about salt, salt and pepper, I did not even know that Spinderella was like, uh, major like a major like, like, like she group. was part of the group. I really didn't mm-hmm. know. I just later on, I'm like, oh, okay, she's the DJ, but I just saw it as like, I just didn't, you know, I feel like from the beginning of time, they never really marketed her as part of the group yeah, per se. Like you they, know, they tried to say that she was the mm, in salt and mm, right, right. And it's like, like what? Go fast. But, I mean, I think that in terms of the Lifetime movie, the way that they're trying to portray it is that the Lifetime movie is just supposed to be a story about the origins of um, how Salt and Pep 
became friends mm. right like how they even came to be to became to become salt and pepper and how their friendship um was tested and how it kind of was the foundation of the group yeah you know the 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 biopic is about salt and pep like what's their name sally and shirley or whatever their real names is ain't it, real ain't it like is. sandy or something no it's not it ain't sandy it's not G. so salt name ain't sandy <laughs> It's not. I could swear it was Sandy Jeez. Salt. Something. I finna look it up real quick. You said, you said Sandy G. What did I knew you it say? wasn't no Shelly, but said Sandy, Sandy, Sandy Shirley. Shirley is off, but I know Sandy is like Salt's name, I believe. Yeah. Okay, I mean, let me see if you're close. Let me see if you're close. Hold on. Hold on. I'm mad you said Shirley, Joe. I think one was um, Cheryl. I mean. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, Salt is Cheryl, mm-hmm. and Pepper is Sandra. Am I, was I off? You said it like I was hella. What? <laughs> what did you say? Sandy and Shirley. I okay. just called them by their street uh, names. you're right, you're right. Yeah. It just sounded so weird. It sounded white as hell. Sandy and Shirley, <laughs> shit. It was about Sandy and Shirley. Anyway, um, you know, it was about them, and I think that, I mean, quite frankly, Spinderella, at this point, your contract was is null and void. It's been about 20 years. They're not trying to acknowledge you, baby. I don't know what it's to actually tell been you. thirty years, and um, they actually had a reality TV show. I think maybe two years ago, and she was in the show. And you know, um, Salt and Pepper had a residency in Las Vegas, mm-hmm. and it was still another controversy issue. Like, is she gonna be included in the residency? They only wanted Salt and Pepper. They didn't necessarily need the DJ because any DJ could play the set. Exactly. You know. Um, but it's, I think the thing is that if you have, if you felt so like you know degraded and disempowered all this time because it's not a new thing this right. is not just a, oh because of lifetime mm-hmm. it's going on for years why are you still part of the team you know because you're a dj you could have easily i don't know i don't i don't want to well, say easily I, I but i think that the thing is like okay let's get into the history of hip-hop a little bit right like when we think about the history of hip-hop and a lot of these early hip-hop groups the dj was integral you know what i'm saying it's fresh prince dj jazzy jeff you know, run DMC, DJ, you know, Jam Master J. Yeah. So that's kind of how it was running in the 80s. You know, Grandmaster Flash, all of that, all of that. I don't know how integral Spinderella's DJing was to the creation of those songs, yeah, yeah, yeah. right? Because I think, like, when you see a Jazzy Jeff, you you know he's spinning the record. Like, you know it's him. When yeah. you do a, 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 what's it called, Jam Master J, you know that he's the one doing the beat. Like, they're producing it. And actually, um, Spinderella was not their first DJ. She was a replacement. You see that? Um, she was a replacement um, later on after their, I think, the guard of the first DJ that they actually had. The first DJ had was Latoya Hansen, who was later replaced by Spinderella. Um, so I, 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 I don't know. I feel bad for her, you know, cause obviously she wants to feel included, you know, obviously she plays the role, even if she's not the one producing the music, she's been, she's part of it. She's, she's part of In the story way? one way or the other. I mean, if she's the DJ in every song, if she's the DJ in every performance, no, but at this point, you the know, way, for the, 30 years, the way I she's just, been included in contracts. The now, way I just took it was, damn, she just had a job for a while. That's how it just But for 30 it. years, though. I know, but that don't mean she was integral to the group. It just, the way that I just understood it, especially knowing that there was another DJ before her, mm-hmm. it just sounded like, baby, you just, you just was our roadie for a while. No disrespect calling her a roadie, but it just kind of sounded like, gee, you just came with us, but you weren't 
You weren't in the booth. You weren't doing the, you know what I mean? I think that's, Spinderella says it like she was there writing songs and making songs. and right. That's how Spinderella I be wonder. talking her story. I wonder. But from that that you just read, it sound like Spinderella literally was just the, the, the DJ. DJ on tour. And she just so happened to be with them. And they like love and respect her. But Well, what, one thing I'll say is that, you know, if she really wants to tell a story, there are different platforms out here. Heck, she could go to Monosca Young. She produce, you know, <laughs> a Lifetime biopic on her or go to Lifetime personally or maybe if they make a documentary on, you know, female DJs, you know, because she's been around for a minute too. You know, she's also one of the main ones as well. So I think she should tell her story and let, let's, let us know what it really is. But that's pretty much it with that. Well, shout out to Spin, Salt and Pep. I actually want to check that out along with that Wendy Williams. The Wendy Williams one that's coming out. Wendy soon. want us to know her story, child. She got the um the biopic coming up, and then right after it is the actual documentary, and they're both on Lifetime. Okay, it's like back to back. So I'm like, Wendy, she be spilling tea because recently she wasn't it today. She said that she had sex with a Method Man. First of all, Method Man fine. He is. Method Man is fine. He is. I'll probably say that too if I had sex with Method Well, like how many years later? Yeah. I guess is. is it safe now to say it? Maybe. Because, you know, apparently 12 years ago or so, Method Man came up to the studio and pressed him and her and her husband, Kelvin, over some. I think maybe, you know, Wendy talking shit about mm. people. So she, he came up to the studio and, like, let them know, you know, he is not the one or the two. He is not one of them. Like, okay. You know, calm down. But. I don't know. I don't know what's been possessing Wendy lately to just kind of be out here. It seemed like she was calming down. I don't know. Yeah. People are trying to be like, oh, she's back on drugs. But I don't like, I don't know. I don't attribute every fuck up in her life to her drug mm, addiction. Yeah. Um, and other news. So, um, it's not a history with, you know, in media that, you know, black people are not really catered to. You know, mm-hmm. so Monique Coleman, she was um, part of the high school musical. What's her what's her name in high school musical? Because um, I know you love high school musical, too. Why is he be painting these narratives like I love? You, you, you I, love high school musical? I watched it, and I was as invested as every other I mean, I was not invested, teenager though. I was at yet. the well, time. Well, let me tell you that I was around, though. So, so just... But so say you were invested. You like... I just say you love. Did I, did I even say anything bad? You love high school. You were a Disney kid. I was a Disney yeah, kid. Yeah, it's not insulting that I be like, you nah, feel insulted. Um, but what was her name on that? But anyway, Monique Coleman, she was saying yeah. um, that she wore headbands throughout the whole, because it was like three movies, right? Yeah, it was three movies. She wore through, um, headbands throughout the whole um, uh, movies because there was no black stylist. And mind you, this was what, 2000 and what? 8, 2009, 2010? Mm-hmm. Like, 10 years ago. And this is something that is still happening. Because mm-hmm. um, Sabrina the Teenage Wish, you know, the reboot of the show. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, the What is her name on the show? She's like the black witch on the show. Mm-hmm. She also says that she does her hair every morning. Because the stylist on set cannot do her hair. So it's like, how long is this going to happen for? Because a regular white actress, is, you know, it's part, of the, it's part of the shine of being an actress, right? Mm-hmm. Getting your makeup done, getting your hair done, being catered to all that, you know? All that's supposed to be paid for. Exactly. So the fact that you as a black actress, 
a top notch, a very good black actress, and your hair is not being done. You have to be the one sitting in front of the in front of the mirror hours before. You have to wake up earlier, be on set earlier, just because there's no one provided for you to exactly. get hair done. Exactly, it's insulting. It's like how long is this gonna happen for? I've definitely been on a set where it's like they didn't know what to do with my hair, and you know, as a matter of fact, they destroyed my hair because I came through. And my hair was laid. I had some weave on. It was mm-hmm. when I was working in Chicago PD. And I had my hair slick. And honestly, all they had to do was put it in the bun. It was already straight or whatever. But they were like, oh, just go to her to put it in the bun. And when I tell you, she just immediately approached me with hairspray. And Bobby pinned me to death. And it, it just was a lot. It just is like, if you know how to do hair, you should just know how to do hair. Like, they really be... You know, it's just it's to the point where I feel like most hairstylists aren't even skilled in, in terms of doing white hair because it's like if you're trying to you tell in me terms of not doing white of, hair in terms of doing white hair, like that means you're not skilled because it's like all you can do is slick white hair in a ponytail and flat iron it and do then you have no hair skills. Yeah, and it's like okay. If that's the, if that's what the stylist could do, why can't they look for a black hairstylist? It's not like black hairstylists are not available. Yeah. Like they're surplus of black hair stylists in LA, in Miami, in Chicago, everywhere in the world. Like literally go on Instagram, you will find a black hair stylist. I don't know. I don't know if they like try to be bougie with it, if they're like, oh, you have to be certified or whatever. No, they don't care. I don't know what what it is that um has has made it such a, a thing. I don't know. I don't know if they feel like, well, eighty five percent of the cast and crew is white, so we're not gonna cater to our principal actors and actresses, which probably probably explains why there's so many um, mixed girl actresses, you know, like, because all of that does come into it, right? Like, you know, you'll go to a casting or whatever, and it's not necessarily how you look in the moment. It's a lot about how they can alter you to be. Yeah, that's true. What can they do with your hair? What can they, can they darken up or lighten up your skin if they have to so a lot of that um a lot of times black people we come as we are you know you can't yeah you know white people kind of come as blank canvases you can paint all over them you can do this you can mm-hmm. do that but black people we kind of come as what we are yeah so it, it is very much like they let you know that you're an inconvenience that's a very good point that's a very good point um so a few people died rest in peace to larry king did he die earlier this week? Yes. So, um, Larry King died on, I believe it was a Monday this week. Mm-hmm. Um, and Cicely Tyson has passed away one Thursday of this week. Mm-hmm. Um, and it is just extremely unfortunate because both of them are legendary. They are iconic. They are the greatest in what they do. Um, growing up, I can't. I used to think of Larry King as the guy that did the tributes. Because whenever a big celebrity died, I just knew I was going to watch some Larry King. Mm-hmm. We was going to get into their career and everything. You know, like a lot of TV, media, and interview, a lot of anyone who wants to get into that world can't, you know, become a student and not study yeah. Larry King. Likewise with Cicely Tyson. And Cicely Tyson, she has been an active actress since 1948 to 2021. Now, that is a very, that's a long time. Like, active, not like, oh, like, she literally was just on How to Get Away with Murder, How to Get Away with Murder. She just did a Tyler Perry movie that came out last year. Um, Like, Mama Cicely 
was always working. She was booked in, busy, and um, she actually just came out with a memoir. She was on Good Morning America earlier this wow. week talking about her memoir, which is highlighting um, her career. It's called I Am Who I Am. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, more than anything, I think that to honor her, everybody should definitely look into her story because I think, for somebody to be acting from 1948 to 2021, they got stories. Listen, real quick, I just also want to say that um, she got widespread attention and critical acclaim for a performance as Rebecca Morgan in Sounder in 1972, which she was nominated for both the Academy Award and Global Golden Globe Award mm-hmm. for Best Actress. 1972? Just even the history of Hollywood. Yeah. You know, with black people. And it's just like, she has been around it since... Been around since day one. Yeah. yeah. Like, if you put some dates into perspective, um, Brown versus Board of Education, which was the civil rights case to end segregation, happened in 1954. Mm, mm. You know what I'm saying? She's been acting since 1940. Wow. So, wow, wow, you wow. know what I'm saying? Like, this is, this this is, it's just monumental. And I thank God for their, both of their lives. Both of them live long Yes. Long yes. lives. Yes. And yes. you can only um, hope and pray to see those decades that they saw. So, mm-hmm. you mm-hmm. know what? It's sad because Cicely was our Betty White. She was, right? Um, she almost made it to 100. Almost. I ain't hating on Betty age or nothing, but, you know, I was hoping. Right, that she would make it to 100, too. Saw that, too. But, we, you but know, we, we thank God. For life, you know. Thank God. In this day, day and age that people are dying Left and right's like flies. Side you know? note, Lyric King Loki died from COVID. We're not going to say it, though. It wasn't from COVID? It Loki was COVID. They just not going to... Why you say that? Because he caught COVID like three weeks ago and been in the hospital ever since. Oh. <laughs> yeah. yeah. He tried. He was in his 80s, too. Yeah, he was like 86. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know... He was, well, he was doing, he was living his best life. Right, and he was still working too. Yeah, married to his eighth wife. <laughs> well, rest in peace and may God comfort their families and friends that they have left behind and may they be remembered for their greatness because they're yes. all legends. They're all legends. You know, we have to do that little, um, you know, a little sad break before we get back into the mess because let's talk about T.I. <laughs> Y'all, look, I'm at the point where me and Clifford are square up. Because he get on my nerves And recently he got on my nerves Because somebody really told T.I. He could take it there in acting We let him get away with takers We all enjoyed it. I mean he's, he's not a bad Do you think he's a bad actor? He's one of those actors That if so far as he stay in his lane Man, Yes Yes. He, you know, you can watch him because most of his best roles are a different version of Ti. Like, yep. you know what I mean? It's not like he he killing it with the dramatic performance. No, it's no, it's just some other variation of trap. So that's when it. But this, but this role right here. So basically, he played um, a role where he was portraying a character with vitiligo, uh, and it's called Cutthroat City. I believe they said it's on Netflix. Mm-hmm. And, you know, he played a thug, a street, you know, street thug. And people are, you know, it's over 18,000 tweets, you know, saying why did he have to mirror someone with that skin condition? Um, that what is the purpose? Um, T.I.'s vertigo wasn't consistent. Um, he only had it on one side of his face at first. <laughs> Can you imagine? So they didn't even do it well. Oh, my God. Um and they were sure they were said the movie itself is scoring four point eight out of ten. Wesley Wesley Snipes ain't been hitting on the movies on Netflix. Was it produced by Netflix? He, I think he's in it. 
Wesley in it. Ugh. So okay, so what what do you think about you know okay besides it being played by Ti, mm-hmm. um you know there are people who do have vitiligo. Cause I think nowadays you know we hear we hear more about it because it's not something I knew about mm-hmm. for the longest. Um, you know now there's more awareness. Do you think like they should have found someone who honestly has that skin condition? The thing is, can they act right? Because I think a lot of the time when I hear people talk about their version of casting yeah. it's very much on a oh they don't look like the person or you should have got somebody who has this so mm-hmm. it could have been but that's not how acting in tv and media works um you know on top of do you look the part it also comes of can you do it both professionally and you know physically you know what i'm saying shooting is long it's a lot now the skin condition has nothing to do with the shooting but could could the people perform? Did you find somebody who had vertigo yeah. who, you know, was performing? Granted, Ti is not like fucking Denzel or nobody, but he's Ti. He got star power. So yeah, yeah, yeah. I do think because I know also that conversation also is with people who had disabilities too. You know, right. when actors play um, people who do have. Have you watched I Am Sam? Sean Penn. Mm-mm. Oh, it's such a great show. I think he played a father who has Down syndrome, I believe. Oh, wow. Man, it was so, he played it to the T. I was crying and stuff. Mm. So it's like with that, so like with someone who has Down syndrome or yeah. with someone who has type, uh, uh, a mental health. Um, like radio you know, or the yeah. brain man so or any of those. So do you think they should have found someone who has. No. Cause it's the, as you said, how would it work out? Yeah. Cause you know, shooting. Listen, shooting is not easy. Shooting you be on the, those lights for hours. Oh, I yeah. think if it, if it's possible, you know what I mean. Now there are many more now um, people with Down syndrome who are coming out. You know, now mm-hmm. there are de- uh, models with Down syndrome. And yeah. Stuff. So like, if it is possible, if they do have the talent and the ability, and as we we just talking about how the industry could not even provide simple hairstylists, black hairstylists. Yeah. So if they can provide the comfort for people who have this uh, whatever illness or yeah syndromes and stuff, then it's, sure. It's just shooting. Nobody like for real, for real. That's why I don't even want to be an actor like that no more. Because shooting, don't nobody have the time for you. You're like the bottom barrel. Just because like we're common people, we think mm-hmm. actors are the shit. Actors are the be- the bottom barrel of the whole set. So don't nobody have time to cater to them you know like even on a a light day of shooting a light day as an extra is 10 hours yeah you get what i'm saying so talk less of the principal characters them niggas probably on there on set for 20 something hours definitely like literally days and a half and then some yeah so i think that yeah as you just said you you got to make sure that people can handle that a lot of times you'll be on set and they cut a scene or they like completely switch like everything like hey we're actually gonna make scene four scene three now so remember that remember the blocking and you gotta get it so it's expensive too yeah it's, and it's, it's expensive they know, you know ain't no mistakes. every second every minute counts you know every minute counts so i do believe that they should still definitely still provide you know more access you know to just various different types of people different shades colors disability religion sexuality whatever it is more access you know everyone should be given a chance um but it's, you know people should also put in consideration how filming also works mm-hmm. but you know i didn't really ti your shit <laughs> no for real though ti i think that ultimately um the thing with hollywood that i hope is the trend they try to bring back is casting um non-known actors mm. because yeah at that that point 
It did. It wasn't like when Ti did Takers because remember when Ti did Takers, I feel like that was him really trying to prove that he can act. Yeah. Because ATL was basically his life story or whatever, so didn't nobody count that. So when he did Takers, you felt him trying to act. Yeah. Now you can feel that Ti thinks I'm Ti. So if I want this role, especially if I'm a thug or I'm in the hood, I I'm a, got I, it. I can do this role, and it's like no, every thug is not a monolith. There are variations of There thugs. are, right? Anyway, let's talk about One Night in Miami because we both watched that. We did watch One Night in Miami. Uh, that is a, so basically it's um, a fictionalized meeting of Malcolm X, Muhammad Ali, and Jim Brown, Jim Brown and Sam Cooke in a room at the Hampton House in February 1964 celebrating Ali's surprise title win over Sonny Liston. Yes. Um, I think it was a great movie. Great movie, great movie. So the movie... The the events in the movie were real, but the dialogue and the way that they Fiction. portrayed it were fake. Mm-hmm. So yeah, just for the listeners to understand, like it really they really were in Miami, right? Like right. that combination of people, and yeah. they have a picture, and this is a great love child of a picture, definitely. And this was directed by Regina King. Um, and the screenplay is by Kent Powers, and I believe they did a great job, especially the fact that they didn't get actors that are known, well-known like that. Mm-hmm. So just to, you know, um, spotlight this actors, it stars Kingsley Ben Adair, Ellie Gorey, Aldis Hudge, and Leslie Odom Jr., and they all did wonderful. I feel like they all tapped into the character to Above the Above and team. beyond. Who, for me, my favorite was the one who played Muhammad Ali, man, Muhammad. with the accent. He was fine, too. He, he was cute. Good. His booty was looking nice. <laughs> but also conversation, because um, I was with a client, and he was saying how at first he didn't like, because, you know, there's a little friction, right? Mm. Uh, Malcolm X was saying that... Um, to Sam Cooke's character. Uh, so, yes, to Sam's character that, and even to Jim's character too, like they should use their talent as a weapon, right? Yeah. That they should do more with their talent to help to fight, you know, the for fight. black people mm-hmm. and stuff. And he, you know, uh, my clients mentioned how that he felt that it was just putting black people against each other. He didn't like how um, the movie just showed them arguing. But I said, you know, it made a... I think it's necessary because this is conversation that does happen within the black community, right? Because everyone's fight is different. Sam Cooke was saying that, yeah, I may not necessarily like make songs about fight, you know, uh, black power and fight. Exactly. But I own a label company. Okay. I'm making ways for, um, Black artists, you know, they're under me. I write songs for white people and I'm making money. You know, and he was like the richest person, person who writes songs for the number one artist. Mm-hmm. You know, so it's just like, you know, yeah, I may not be as out there, whatever. And I may sing love songs, but I'm also fighting my own fight in a separate way. And, you know, as black people, we definitely do like to critique each other. Yeah. So much. Like, are you black enough? You know, how do you show your blackness? What do you do in the community? One of my favorite... um Parts is when they straight asked him in that moment. Sam Cooke asked Muhammad Ali, like, uh, not Muhammad Ali, I'm sorry, Malcolm X, like, what's your job? <laughs> no, so he's like, do you even have a job? He's like, look, the rest of us have a job. Right, you the one who stand out. And that, you know, I think that in, in him saying that, yeah, it was shady in the way he said it, but he, what he said was very important, and I feel, feel like it's relevant so much today because so much we see people 
who get on here and critique people who have something to lose. Because mm. him saying, you don't have, you. what's your job? It wasn't to say, like, you a bum nigga. Obviously, he Malcolm X. Yeah. But he was to say, you don't have anything to lose. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And I think that this is the conversation that we see a lot today with a lot of our celebrities um, and how we critique them, right? And and what and who we decide to critique mm-hmm. right like when people are yelling like oh yfn lucci you ain't say shit about george floyd i'm not looking to yfn lucci to be the one mm-hmm. you know what i'm saying like he's not he's not even established enough for us to look to him yeah to little baby to, i don't even look to them they're not there yet exactly. but i do look to people who have less to lose yeah like the diddies the jay-z's the beyonce because at this point who's talking to you exactly you know what i'm saying who's telling you so i think that that like really it also kind of put into perspective, like, damn, you know, as impactful and powerful as it is, protesting is not a job. I mean, it's, I guess it's not a paid job. It's not a pay. Yeah, you know what I mean? It's not an occupation. Yeah, yeah. But I guess people act, say they're activists, you know, that they, they put that. That shit ain't a job. And I think that, that that's why I was like, man, as a matter of fact, run that back for the people in the back. Because I think there's a lot, like, activism and what mm-hmm. it is today. I like that he said that too because he let it be known that like to to do this to fight for our people isn't a it's not a a, a career a lucrative career. It's, it's that's, but that's but a good that's point. how people have treated it today. Like yeah. you know I'm gonna get this cause off so I can get this hashtag so I can do this so that I can you know now be in the news for this one event and now the rest of my life is I am. And you know what I noticed that some people do because this is somebody I went to high school with and I think. I see that he's an activist, you know, he holds, you know, he hosts or whatever, like all this protest that happens. And the next thing he'll do is like post, um, GoFundMe, you know, mm-hmm. GoFundMe account. And it's like for him personally. Eh? Yeah. It's like, GoFundMe help me to, you know, wow. get on my feet, whatever. Cause as you said, it's not a paid not job. A job. You know what I'm saying? I do think in a way it's, it's a job because it is time consuming. Mm-hmm. You're using every single part of your body to do it, you know, but it's just not a paid job. And it's one of those things that it can never be a paid job. It you can know? never, yeah. And one thing that I do like um, that Jim Brown said, he says that I'm not a weapon. You know, because yeah. Malcolm X was saying that your talent is a weapon. Use it to your fight voice these people. Is a you weapon. know, yeah. you being the, the strongest man and the best football player, you're the weapon. He says, I'm no one's weapon. Period. Because at the end of the day, it's a, we don't win. And, you know, and it just yeah. shows like whether you're out there in the field protesting and you're, you know, you're in front of the cops and stuff, or you, you know, at the back behind the scenes writing the grants or whatever it is that you're doing, whether it's behind social media or golf, whatever it is, it's like it's still the same struggle. Yeah. And it's so unfortunate that we're still here we're still having the same conversation yep. the only thing we could do is just get together as black people and just not critique each other everyone plays a different role mm-hmm. that if all of us are in front of the scenes you know like, uh, in front of the police officer we all finna die at the end of the day <laughs> also real shit like we gotta stop acting like um everybody is in a piece of the puzzle everyone's calling is different yeah you know what i'm saying everybody's a piece of the puzzle every every part can't be the left right corner somebody got to do this part somebody got to do this part so Facts. great movie though it's on amazon you guys everyone check it out if you have amazon prime you have amazon video mm-hmm. i think a lot of people i didn't know that for years so i was missing out on mad shit so yeah if you have amazon prime which most people do watch it yep 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 i agree i agree um, are we going to our Lodo of the week? Sure. Oh, that's me. <laughs> <laughs> All right, you guys, let's give it to you one time. An Lodo. Somebody who is a dumbass. Stupid. 
makes poor decisions comparable to a donkey. Goofass. All right, you guys. So our Olodo of the week is Miss Rita Ora. Mm-hmm. Our, y'all remember when they said Rita Ora was black? Anyway. Nah, um, wait, what is she? She white or Hispanic? She a white girl. She not even a person of color. <laughs> anyway, so Rita Ora, you guys. I didn't know this, but she just turned 30, everyone. Mm-hmm. And like many of us through this COVID experience, she wasn't able to celebrate it in the way that she wanted to. So Rita Ora decided that she wanted to celebrate her 30th birthday bash so bad that she paid a restaurant almost $7,000 to break the COVID rules for her. All right. She went up to this restaurant called Casa Cruz and offered the boss, Scotty Bahardi, I'm sorry, Scotty Patare, up to $6,829 to provide drinks and nibbles, as she calls it, <laughs> for her birthday in November, all right? Um, Batare wanted to facilitate and admitted that he was greedy, but he reportedly told police only seven guests were expected to arrive by 9 p.m., when, in fact, at least 20 people showed 20 up. people? Really? Rita. 20 people? Now, that is too much. It's like, sorry, baby, you're a celebrity. Yeah, you may have power, maybe to pull certain strings, you know. But why didn't you, if it was that deep, why didn't you, you can't say you don't have a nice little mansion of your own and have your own little 20 people in your house. Why put other people at risk, the workers? You said she ain't got no money? She don't have no mansion. You ain't got a mansion? Well, she could have found something, you know, a small loft, a small apartment, whatever it is. She should have hit Rob back up. You said she did. She should have hit Rob Kardashian. Oh, they did, they did, right? Yeah, they had a little thing. She should have been like, Rob. I think it's, you know, and um, it's just, I think even with this COVID thing, what makes it difficult is the roles that celebrities play. Because you see how unserious that they really take it um, from celebrities. Because I think she's in London. Um, so for celebrities in London to even here, we see people, celebrities in ATL, um, throwing listening parties, Doing going club events, whatever. And this birthday parties, uh, public spaces, knowing that we are in a critical climate. Like this is a, this is a global pandemic that is affecting everybody. Mm. Like your seven K is not going to heal people from COVID. Knowing that these is, they gonna get a vaccine. That's what, look. That's another reason I'm telling y'all stop just listening to the internet. Do your real research. A lot of these people who trying to make it seem like nah, they have the money, the resources, and the time to go get vaccinated whenever they want to. Yeah. When and if this shit starts hitting a fan in a deeper way than it is already hitting, and people are like, oh, no, I need my vaccine. I need this, 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 that, and the other, and it's unavailable. These rich people, the people you see in Atlanta turning up, the influence, the people that's making you feel like you don't have to do, I guarantee you they would have had theirs three months before you even thought about it. Okay. And listen, everybody's dying from this. This this COVID is not a respecter of who who's a celebrity or not or not. We see how the celebrities had this stuff, you know. So she definitely is the logo of the week. With her groove, yes. Um, I care for the culture. I care for the culture would be um the first three black men uh, basically the old they own a gourmet slice bread company so they're three best friends 
And the bread company is actually going to be called the Black Bread Company, which mm. is super cool, right? I don't think I've ever seen any black-owned bread company. And they're launching February 2021, so they're not oh, out nice. yet. Like yep. As it says, coming to a bread aisle near you, and they're from Chicago at that. Ooh. So shout out to Chicago. Shout out to Chicago. <laughs> whoop, whoop, whoop. And just see three black men, three best friends work together to create a legacy, you know, for their family, for the culture. Um, so this is a wonderful thing. So I can't wait to see it. I hope it's good. It better I was going to say, if it ain't sweet, I'm telling okay, you. I, but I'm sure, you know, you know, we have flavor now. If it's not like a gay gay bread. <laughs> we have flavor. So it's just nice to see that we need to see more of our things, more black owned things. And there's grocery stores. I like that we're branching out as black people. That yeah. we're not like, you know what I mean? I think the days of rapper or athlete are um, behind us. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? Like, we're not just looking to that to be our, I guess, get rich quick schemes that we are um, pouring into our other interests. That's so, not our only talent. We yeah. know just singing and dancing. Because Go ahead, Baker Boys. Okay. So, all right. So, today we are discussing. Public relations, right? Public relationships. Yes. Okay. An announcement. So, you guys, you said an announcement. You announcing the public relationship? No, I mean how people. I mean how people, uh, you know, announce their relationships on social media. You know, it's different levels of announcement. The different levels of public. So Valentine's Day is coming up, guys. Mm-hmm. And you know, as Valentine's Day approaches, we'd like to help you guys out in this relationship stuff. So we wanted to talk to y'all about. <laughs> <laughs> you know, being public with these relationships because we have our good sis from Chicago herself. We don't like to claim her too much because she she be acting up. But Masika beef was cutting up this week. For those of you that don't know, Masika, love and hip hop alum, um, has gotten engaged to evidently a guy that she's been curving for ten years. Right. And you know, just as quick as they got engaged was just as quick as we saw them on social media claiming the relationship was over and that they were done and they were doing large press releases. And just as quickly as all those things happened, they were in Las Vegas again, lovey-dovey. Now, I know what y'all thinking. What the hell do that got to do with me? (laughs) But I'm here to tell you all, y'all don't want to be having your relationships be so public to the point where now I have the ability to judge you. Because when I tell you I am judging Masika, I am judging Masika. This thing was literally all, I think it's all like a 14-day span. Because first she was like, oh, she was proposed to, and she was saying how I've known this man for 10 years. We've been friends. He knows me in and out. I curved him for whatever reason. But, you know, friendship is the foundation of relationship. Boom. They had this big engagement party to the extent that the man even gave her daughter a, a, an engagement ring as well. Oh, did he? Yep, he sure did. It was a, I'm like, I'm like, even this COVID too, y'all having big engagement party like this. Okay, no one's wearing masks. It was, it was literally like two days after the engagement party, he stopped posting, oh, you can't trust women. If I'm putting all my money down, all my investment down, what do you give me back? And, you know, and she's also saying how all those subtweets too, like, you know, people are users, people, you can't trust people, you never know people. And it's just like, so you didn't know all this stuff before you guys got engaged. Now, of course, people change, people spark, and you know, you know, you know, people go crazy. But it's like within these few days, what was the tea? What was the drama? What was the fight that caused you guys to be like, okay, I am done publicly at that? Yeah, I think it's like 
Man, it be like that. I kid you not, you know. I was with a guy, and literally he met my mom. Two hours later, we was done. So it be like that. Oh, but it wasn't yeah, on social up, media. Hold up, hold up. You said you met. <laughs> you just going to drop that like that. I did. I, I was trying to just sneak it on You said you in. met a guy. Well, it's not like you met him two hours before. No, no, no. I said I was with a guy. He met my mom, and then two hours we were done. Like, yeah. You know, we went from meeting the parents to it's over. It's over. But, you know, they didn't play out on social media. And I think that's always the thing that kind of gets me in these situations. It's like when you opened up your app, you clicked the story, you started typing, you looked at it, and you still posted? Exactly. Like, and how do you expect pe- And then after you want to be like, oh, um, I have a right to my privacy. It's my life. Don't judge me on how I do things. We're human beings. Right? I mean, yeah, we all shouldn't judge each other, but we're human beings. We all talk shit about each other, no matter what. You know what I'm saying? Even people about, we talk shit about people that we even know, right. so let alone people that we don't know about. Right. And then you giving us all this tea, of course there's going to be shit we're going to say. Um, but it's just like for you to just post it and now expect us to be all hush, hush, quiet. That's impossible. Because in the first place, you did want us to talk about it. Exactly. I mean, let's. How do you guys hand, How do you handle public? How making relationships public to begin with? Because I think that this is like a subtle anxiety that most people feel with going public in the relationship. I like, mean, I'm not gonna lie. I'm trying to see. Last time I posted anything about a relationship, I think I posted a relationship. Damn, now I'm thinking about it how many times. You know, there are different avenues to social media. You know, there's Instagram, there's Snapchat, there's mm-hmm. Facebook. There's the story, you there's know, the story. Post. Exactly. Facebook right. post is like the official, like, oh, I'm engaged in relationship. I feel like that's for every Low key. You know Facebook I mean? post is the engaged You're telling both your mama, daddy, cousins, and you're you telling, telling every, extended and your family. Too. You're telling your teachers, okay. everybody that ever met you in life. Yep. You're right. Instagram is more of your peers and stuff. Okay. You, you know, you putting the tea out, like, okay, whatever. Okay, breaking news, your, you know, shave room post. Right. If you okay. put in your story, you know, people different style. They put mm. their boo on their story. They Close show friends, their, um, real friends. Me too, I've done it before where it's like, oh, I show dinner. I just show dinner plates at my restaurant. But you're not going to show the face. That's how you do it. No face, I mean, no case. I mean, of course, case. sometimes you want to flex on people that I, don't show I got a bull. Damn you know, thing. I'm not fully available, you know. So that's another level. Okay. I think the last time I did post on social media, like on Instagram as a post, was college. And it was Buddy's birthday, 21st birthday. <laughs> <laughs> you remember? <laughs> and I feel like around this time, sometimes, it, I think sometimes it's also like peer pressure too. Yeah. Like you also see everyone is doing it and it's like, oh, why you don't post about a relationship or, you know, are you guys a secret this and that? So sometimes you just want to hush people up and just like, happy birthday, boo, woo, woo, whatever, to make it official, yeah. you know? And then what I did the most was probably um, Snapchat because Snapchat is only a number it of disappeared. people. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? And then you, I know who was following. I mean, it doesn't mean those people didn't talk, you know? Mm-hmm. So the ones I posted on Snapchat, I actually felt pressure to do that. Damn, you had a lot of different type of relationships <laughs> over there, Erica. You had ones <laughs> you could post here, ones you could post I, you there. Know, that one from college, I was Instagram, that was, I was young. That was 19. Mm. I'm 26 now. Come mm. on. <laughs> Because you're giving different level here, level here. It's different levels of Mm. dating. You know, young love. Anyway, Sha. So, um, Snapchat, I felt it was a guy that I, you know, just talked to for a few, um, maybe like two months. And he's a social media person, Mm. right? And he likes attention. And he was like, oh, how come you never posted me? Whatever. I'm just like, 
I, I want to wait for me the next time I, I want to wait to is something like it's serious see what I'm saying mm-hmm. I'm not just gonna post because it's, as you said what if y'all break up then people going like, oh damn this number 6 this number 8 I, oh, damn. I do I be keeping tally I, marks I, mean, I ain't gonna hold you I mean cause we talk about it right yeah. we do see girls that you know they make long posts about oh I finally found the one then, then two months later oh this is my real boy right here then you know another six Man. months later this is my king right here it's, and then it's this girl we went to college with. I'm counting her fiancés. I ain't gonna lie. It's a Damn. couple girls I'm with to college. I'm counting their fiancés. And it's like, it's too, it's too public. I mean, you it's have a right public. to post what you want to post, but you just have to keep in mind that things also happen. There's no perfect yes. relationship because sometimes you just never know. You know, you may right. really think you may find the one and, you know, shit happens. But after one, two, after two times, <laughs> you know what I mean? Take it, be slow a little bit. Because going public, I do feel like, it does. It, it 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 makes everybody in your relationship. It does, right? Like I'm trying to remember what was going public before Instagram or yeah. whatever. Like what was that for mm-hmm. us? You know, like before it was like you don't ever post me on your Instagram. What was we telling people? Was it MySpace? I don't because MySpace wasn't built like, like that. that to be like oh you don't post people or post people. So it's just kind of like. This notion of going public, it's it's a double-edged sword. Yeah. But it is a double-edged sword because it's like, it is on one end like, oh, I love us just being within ourselves. You want to be free you know what and mean? show your love. I be on here talking mad shit. I don't know if anybody even knows if I ever had a relationship, if I was in a relationship for a long time, mm-hmm. if I've had multiple. You really won't know. You know yeah. what I'm saying? I don't post nothing. Does that mean, is it because you didn't want to? You didn't feel the need that you wanted to sometimes? You know, I will say this. No, I never did. But you know what? I never felt the need because I didn't know what the fuck we was really doing sometimes. You okay. know, because because of that exact thing. Like, right, I would right, hate right, right. To, to put it out there. And then it's like, damn, now we fight. Now we beef. And now everybody going to know. You know what I mean? Right, like, Because right, right. there's so many times where you see the people who delete all the pictures. And that's how you find out. Mm-hmm. That's how I find out so many things. Like, oop. This picture is gone. All the pictures gone, and then you're you're looking and you're doing this, that, and the other. Um, and then these are the same people that'll be like, "Y'all in my business, don't do that." But it's like, right, right, right. You know. So what what do you feel about that? Do you feel like once you put your relationship out there, can people now comment on your relationship? <sighs> I mean, it's levels to commenting. You know, it also depends on what type of posts you put out there too. You mm-hmm. know, because there are, there are positive and negative posts about relationships. Right. You know, some people go as far. As to, it's you know, people that I went to high school with, you know, they post their fights with their baby daddies, That's baby what mamas, I go, keep my whatever. Facebook for. You know, right? <laughs> so I think the most, if it's me, the most I want people to come is y'all cute, <laughs> then keep it moving. Hell no, <laughs> can't nobody be like y'all gonna get through this, right? You know, I don't want to be saying you know. So it depends on what you also you could provide the tea without giving too much, you know, too much flavor too at the same time. So you just, I think also as you said, um. Especially with we we women, we you know, we we do want to show a relationship sometimes. Mm-hmm. You know, you do want people to know that you're being loved mm-hmm. the way you want to be loved. You want to flaunt your relationship, or maybe also just to drive the haters away, right. or maybe guys who are on your tip just to be like, "Hey, listen, I'm in this for real." Mm-hmm. You know, and you know, sometimes some guys are more private. Some guys are like, "Don't post anything Don't post. about me at sometimes all." Sometimes that's how you find out what you need to know, though. Like, Fat, you see? sometimes you it see? is like you know, I'm gonna just throw my man out here. In the in the water and see if I catch any fish. You know what For I mean? Because social media, honestly, that's how I found out a lot of stuff. With mm-hmm. like, okay, so a guy that I had dated, and Loki is all the same guy. <laughs> I had, uh, <laughs> um, there was an era in our relationship when um, 
he was basically cheating on me and I found out because the other girl was like a Posted public him. poster. You see? Yeah, you know what I mean? She was a man crush Monday da, 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 oh. type of girl. So that's how I found out. As a matter of fact, that I was, that's how I unrolled that I found out. I was like, oh, I'm from the post you as my man crush Monday. And right, he, right. And he was like, what? And I was like, yeah, I wanted to do it because I saw your other girl did it and it looked cute. Okay. You know what I'm saying? you're like, hold up, that looks familiar. Like, even if some the person doesn't post your man, but you know, women know what they be doing too. Big money, you know, big facts. It be like, it, maybe it's the apartment. Like, hold on, that couch look too familiar, G. What's the pettiest thing you've recognized in a video? Ah, in a video. That other people post. With other people post. Like, oh, that's my man's something. I had never, never had that happen to me now. Oh, damn. Honestly, I ain't never I'm had that. I'm the only one that experienced this <laughs> shit. I never had that happen. Oh, but shit. that's what because, as I said, um, I don't post so much on Instagram. No, it's not you now. Just say, like, okay. Say, like, it could be anybody. You don't even have to be no cheating situation. Like, what if, like, this... Y'all at his house or so you know I'm just something oh, like you know that is connected to your you, man. Okay, let me give you a good one. So okay, 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 okay. My this is my my last ex. Okay, this you know it was a serious relationship, and it was oh my god, this is an unfortunate situation where he low key like ghosted me type of thing. He kind of stopped mm. talking to me for whatever reason. Um, so we weren't talking at the moment, but we're relationship. Oh, mm-hmm. then on Snapchat, ah, Christmas Day. I'm seeing people have Christmas party. Gee, I'm looking like, and I think I followed his siblings on social media. I think we're on Snapchat. Damn. Now Snapchat be my love, whatever. And I was I'm like, ah, was this, it wasn't his sibling. No, it wasn't actually, wasn't, it wasn't his sibling. It was a girl I went to Truman with. Damn. It was a girl I went to community college with. And it wasn't no small, oh, whatever. It like was like, I, it was to the fact that this girl that I went to community college with years ago that she's here. Right. So I'm looking at the apartment like, ah, this floor looks familiar. <laughs> No, 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 no. No, it be like that. No, you know, you're looking at different angles, too. You're waiting like, okay, she's going to post another one. We're going to post another one. I'm like, no, 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 no. This bathroom looks familiar because I know I bought that shower curtain, G. <laughs> G, I'm crying. So I'm just like, oh, you had a whole king bag. Look, I'm telling you. And you acting like you you MIA. You studying your books and you life is, you know, going hard on you. and just, So that. It's the fact. That, that, that was it, G. I, I, okay, I'm petty, y'all. I noticed my man's nails picking up a drink in the back. Nails. I knew his hands. It's the fingers. Bro. Y'all don't know y'all have man hands. I knew his you hands. Knew the fingers. I knew his. <laughs> I, I knew it, and <laughs> I've seen it because it was it was the weekend. We was all out in that city for the weekend because it was something going on, and you know, um, it was this girl that you know I had knew that. It was the chance that they might be in the same vicinity because she was his ex at the time. It was very messy. We were all like 19, 20. Mm-hmm. But anyway, um, I just I was looking, child, I was looking through them Instagram stories, like, what's she doing? Where's she at? Okay, ha ha ha. But then I saw, I saw a hand. And I said, I know that hand. I know, I know that finger. Okay. I, I, I recognize that finger very. That sounded inappropriate, but I recognize <laughs> those hands. And I'm telling you, I, I'm t- that 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 started a whirlwind of. Where were you October first? T- like that. It right. was a, that. Don't lie to me now. Don't lie because I be like social media definitely is a girl's CIA agent, but. 
I want to ask about this. So now, in terms of being public, we see Tyrese is out here embarrassing himself as he usually does, mm-hmm. right? And we see him begging in different comments and in different ways trying to get his girl back. How do you feel about these public, um, you know, when, when people have fallouts in public, some people say that they need to have the re- recovery in public. Like, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? I know. I don't like it personally. That's just me. Yeah. You know, because I'm not like a public person like that. Mm-hmm. I had something similar happen to me. Um, one, of the, I think the, the guy that I mentioned pressured me to kind of like post it on Snapchat. When we did break up, he posted me and him on Twitter saying, maybe all I need in life is me. Some stuff <laughs> like that. Yeah, I was not impressed. I was not <laughs> impressed. I'm sorry. Was that supposed to be like, oh, like me? I didn't jam yeah, me. Didn't jam me. Um, and you know, it's also it just even if they post on social media, it doesn't mean they really mean it. Facts. It doesn't mean it's 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 changed behavior. Facts. It really doesn't because this celebrity social media is their platform. You know, it sure they is. don't have shame in their game at all. So yeah. they po- they post every single thing. So to see, to even say sorry, I love you back. Uh, You're right. Uh, but is the behavior changed? Right. You know what comes afterwards? For me, I'm not impressed. But I mean, it's not. I guess it's nice because you know, because um, Missy could did say that if you publicly embarrass me, yeah, publicly. you should publicly apologize. Okay, true. Which her ex-fiance or now mm-hmm. fiance, which he did apologize, you know. So I get it in that sense. Yeah, I have a but, mixed view about it. Cause yeah. yeah, cause it is like how you just gonna, you know, like the la. I like the Lala Anthony method. Okay, right? You know that scandal where Carmelo broke. Even like what was that two years ago when it was her birthday and he was like on a yacht or whatever. Yeah. Still today, I don't think anyone fully knows if they're back together, if they're not together, yeah. whatever's going on. But I like it like that. I like it like that because it gives me the freedom. I find that often when you make your relationship public, you're now serving the public. Yeah. You really, you really like, like Ken and Deyera, you know, that YouTube couple. Um, and you know, whatever little situation happened for all we know, you know, I feel like when you're in those type of public YouTube relationships, like, you know, all of them, you kind of have to stay with your partner. Like that's your bag. You know what I mean? You're, you're a unit. Yeah. And in a way, you also do kind of have to explain, like, okay, this is what happened. Especially those YouTube um, mm. um, couples and families, and when there's some type of, um, consp- you know, um, controversy about them, it's like you see they end up saying, well, let me give you the true story. But let me ask you this. Moving forward, now as an adult and, you know, in your relationship, would you post stuff about a relationship? When would you post? Is it like when you're mm. engaged? Because, you know, we also like to post, I'm engaged or, you know, or, 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 or I'm married now or, or vacation, I'm having a baby, whatever. You know what I'm saying? Like, mm. you know, we also you also do have a right to post those things, you know, despite what people say. Because regardless, whether you post on social media or not, people are going to talk yeah, about people, your stuff. Yeah, people are going to come up. You know, so, but, you know, as an individual, you have a right to post what you want to post. You have a right to showcase your life in whatever manner you want to do it. As long as you do it classy and as long as you know that there are risks to it. Yeah, I think I would do it naturally. I think it's when it feels forced is mostly when it's annoying because yeah. like there you know there's somebody that we know that she used to just stay posting her man mm-hmm. like and it just would be so inorganic it's like man this man not even trying to be on on the internet right now exactly. you just throwing him out there yeah. so it's like at that point it's like no relax but um I feel like if we, you know, if, if we look good in the picture, we could we could show the world we look good, yeah. you know. But um, I would hope to keep my relationship private because, you know, it don't even have to be social media for me to consider it public. 
on some real shit. Okay. Like, you know, for me, public is too many, too many people knowing. In your business. In my yeah. business. Because, you know, I would say that was one of my biggest detriments um, in my in my relationship was that I felt that too many people knew about it. See, now that's a good point because, yeah. you know, we talking about public relations. So being so public rela- about a relationship is not just social media, yeah. but just also in person. You can be exactly. too public by relationship. Exactly. Okay, so you feel like you're a little bit too public. Oh, yeah. I was in what sense? Was it like you were showing people this my man or you talked about it too I much? I just talked about it, you know. Yeah, like I talked about it a lot and just, you know, talked about whatever we were going through. Just, it, it, there's a way to just be too open because mm-hmm. at the end of the day like nobody can be in your relationship with you and that person you're in a relationship with Fact. and then you know when you invite a lot of people in even in voyeurism you're in an unintentionally inviting opinions yeah because you know once you show somebody something you cannot tell them not to have an opinion you can say you don't want to hear it but you can't tell them not to have it okay and just even knowing that people have opinions on your relationship is just it's weird if you say it out loud, yeah, like yeah. other people have opinions on your relationship. So, I mean, personally, it's a mistake I learned from. I don't think I could do it again. I think that, you know, when I get into my relationship, y'all might just see the wedding pictures. <laughs> right, right. I'm capping. Y'all probably will see a first date. But, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, it's all limits to it. You know, just, just know what you're doing. Know what you're putting out there. You know, people are going to talk regardless. But just have some class, you know. You know, it's not every time you have to give us a piece of full story. Exactly. Because nothing to me, we put in full on story. Oh, we went through this and we did it. Exactly. It's not necessary. Weather through the storm. We don't need to know all of that, you know. But that's just the life we're living now. It it just really is. That's the life we're living. What's the moral of the story? Moral of the story, keep your mouth shut. I bet. <laughs> well, my little quote, uh, it says, we're living at a time when attention is the new currency. Those who insert themselves into as many channels as possible look set to capture the most of value. It's all about attention. It's all about attention, Everyone baby. Wants to shine one way or the other. But that's it, guys. Um, you know, this is Cross Cross-cultured. Cultured. And we out.